Hi there, and welcome to the Global Fly Fisher Podcast. This is uh, Global Fly Fisher Partner Martin Jorgensen speaking, standing in waist deep water on a very, very beautiful stretch of uh, the Danish coast, fishing, as you might imagine, and um, having a great time. Not that I've caught anything. It's uh, pretty slow today. There are a ton of garfish in the water. I'll return to that. Uh, we're really out for trout, but um, none have been seen or taken yet. We'll see. Might come in later. Um, this podcast is going to be about two subjects which might not seem very connected, uh, but they are. And one is um, is uh, has come to mind because of the other. So uh, let me tell you what this is about. The one subject is nuts, like fishing nuts. Nuts on your leaders, nuts on to tie your flies on, nuts. The other subject is copyright, like in protecting your right to stuff that you've made. And let me tell you why these two are connected. The reason that nuts and copyright are connected in my mind is that um, one of the most copied parts of the Global Fly Fisher is the drawings that I have made of nuts. We have a nut section on the um, on the site, which is quite popular. Actually, it's a constant top placement in our in our hit lists, and the nut section is. Um, is also very popular to use on other sites and uh, for some reason people seem to think that just because we put it on the web they can uh, they can use it as they want which is not the case um, actually it's quite annoying because we spend a lot of time preparing stuff for the website and as you know the stuff is quite free for you to use or at least to read and and browse and uh, we don't make money from the site as you also might know the globalflyfisher.com is a non-commercial website which has no income at all nothing uh, we do this for fun and for free and uh, we get really annoyed when people copy our stuff without asking we uh, we expect that people who want to use our material ask our permission, because that's what you do. But for some reason, whoops, I got a garfish here. Well, missed that one. Uh, but for some reason, people seem to just think that all the really nice pictures, the nice stories, the nice drawings, all the stuff that we have made over the years, this is just something they can use as they please. That is not the case. It's not legal to reprint or reuse material from the site without prior um, agreement with us. You have to ask permission 
and get permission in writing. Uh, if you're not in uh, coherence with uh, the rules that we've set up, and the rules say that you can use the stuff for private, uh, uh, private use, of course, if you want to reprint a fly pattern, the nut table, which is, as I said, very popular, or anything like that, you can do that, no problem. But if you want to use it in a magazine or on your own website or in a book or whatever, you can't, you have to ask. And uh, you also have to, uh, to ask if you want to use it in your club newsletter or something like that. We have no problems that, with people using our material in non-commercial activities like fishing club newsletters or anything like that. Uh, as long as you just ask permission, because some of the stuff that we have on the site is not ours. That's made by other people, and other people might not agree with us that we can just, you know, share uh, their patterns, pictures, or whatever with everybody for nothing. So, please ask permission. No matter what you do, if you want to use the material from the Global Fly Fisher, just ask us. We're nice guys. Usually we say yes, and... Uh, we, um, we're not like sitting on the stuff, but if somebody copies without asking, we get annoyed, we get mad. It's, it's not very pleasant to see your stuff used elsewhere um, with other people's copyright. And in some cases, the originator's name removed and everything. So, well, that's the way it is. Let me just maneuver myself to a place where I can fish a bit and then I'll talk to you about nuts which is a lot more interesting than me being annoyed about people copying our stuff off the site. Hang on for just a moment. <coughs> Whoa, that was a turn. You might be able to hear the turn in the in the air. They dive then. Oh, there it goes again. Beautiful bird. Just above my head here. Whew. Nice bird. They just stay calmly in the air, see a small fish or a shrimp or something in the water, and then just dive into the water. It's just beautiful. Amazing. This place that I'm fishing is actually very beautiful. I have a really, really beautiful beach forest in my, in my back. I'm walking out on uh, on some soft sandy bottom here with a lot of rocks on uh, on uh, on the sand and uh, a lot of weed or rather algae on the rocks quite slippery and uh, also the very spot that I'm walking right now is quite deep I'm actually uh, almost to the edge of my waders now, but I know that if I get out just a bit further, I'll be fine. So the, um, the drill here is just tiptoeing all the way out there, just watching my step because sometimes there are some holes here, which are which are a lot deeper than uh, than the rest. Luckily, uh, the holes are sandy, so I can see them. And right now, I'm actually. Um, I'm actually on my on my very 
on the very tip of my toes here trying to maneuver myself in place so um, the recorder is actually uh, subsurface right now and I'm uh, trying to pull up my waders here in order to make the water stay out because I don't want to get any any more water inside than I than I already have so um, well now I'm uh, over the worst part I'm uh, the water is getting more and more shallow now and uh, you might hear some some soft splashing in the background here that is actually the rocks that I saw in the distance before and I can actually um, pass between those or on the outside of those I'll just give you a bit of wave here ambience you can hear the water splashing here I'm passing through in between the rocks here it's quite quite calm today it's it's not that it's not windy but the water is pretty calm and um, I'm uh, I'm just trying to get myself in in place here for some convenient casting I might as well find a rock to stand on since the, the water is full of them it's uh, it's pretty convenient to find one that can elevate you a bit above the, the, the bottom because uh, you get a, a better view and a longer cast and whoopla, that was it I just lifted myself probably half a meter or 75 centimeters or about a couple of feet or something like that which probably enables me to cast quite a bit longer than I did just before also I'm um, I'm at a place that is quite a bit more interesting bottom wise I I'm looking out on, out on the next bit of of uh, rocks and seaweed and uh, in between here we have uh, whoa had a, had a take there from a garfish and in between here we have a, a, a shallower part of the of water where the water passes through because of the wind and I'll probably be able to catch something in here if nothing else than a garfish and uh, there might be a trout here even though it's uh, bright daylight it's uh, it's not the perfect time of year to fish in bright daylight for sea trout so we'll just uh, give it a try here see what happens you never know there uh, there's a current here and uh, there are definitely a lot of food in the water so uh, we might be lucky I thought I saw something out here to my right now it's that could be a fish that I'm seeing out here I, whoa could be a fish that's something bigger I don't think that was a garfish that was that was a garfish well it might be sometimes it um, I'm having takes in almost every cast here that's not very typical for for trout it's much more typical for garfish trout will will grab the line and just go for just escape whoa yeah I, I can see it now I saw it splashing it's definitely garfish but a lot of fish out there I'll just give it a few more casts see if I can get one to stick could also be smaller trout that I'm seeing working in the surface here 
had another take there. There are so many fish here. I'm again fishing a fairly large fly because I, I'm actually in the mood for sea trout, but uh, that means that the garfish won't stick on there. If I want to catch garfish, I'm gonna, I, I would have to change to a, a significantly smaller fly. So uh, I can see every cast, I can see fish following the fly. Every single cast, I can see movement behind the fly. And it's just a question of a few strips and then I have a, a take. But because of the uh, of the size of the fly and the very hot beaks of the garfish, they they don't stick on there and they they just grab the fly and uh, and turn back and uh, and don't get get hooked. So which doesn't really matter much because I've had probably five, six, seven garfish to hand already. So re regarding garfish, I'm I'm pretty happy. But um, there should be a, a sea trout in this water definitely, but. Uh, Obviously, it's not been my... Oh, that was a big one there. Uh, as soon as they they get stung by the hook, they usually jump and, uh, and uh, try to escape. And this one just jumped on the strip. So, uh, well, great fun anyway. It's a perfect fish to, to learn to fly fish on because it's uh, the way that we fly fish here just casting and stripping uh, it does give you a, a lot of action uh, you constantly feel fish and you know that you can you can catch one in almost every single cast when they're when there are numerous like they are right now and uh, for beginners it's great to have a, a very very good chance of, of catching a fish because it's so much more fun to cast when you know that there are fish out there than it is to cast when you're when your chances are slim, which is usually the case uh, with sea trout. And also it's just quite insignificant how you how your fly lands and how well you, you cast, how long you cast, because uh, in, uh, in comparison to many other types of fly fishing, like fishing in a stream with a, with a dry fly or a nymph, well, you don't have to, you don't have to care about drift or drag or anything like that here you just cast out let the fly splash and just pull it back in small strips and uh, there's almost there's a good chance that you'll feel something in almost every single uh, every single cast okay regarding nuts which is actually the subject of the day, the interesting subject. Uh, as I said, we have a, a, a nut table, which is quite popular. Um, the reason probably being that a lot of people don't really know which nuts they should, uh, they should tie, which is, of course, uh, understandable for many people who have, who have tried a lot of different things and... Uh, and have searched for the right nut for the right purpose. But basically, in fly fishing, you don't need that many nuts. In essence, you need one. But I personally use two um, for my everyday fishing. One is the, uh, the surgeon's nut, which is a very, very easy nut to tie. It's a 
not where you put the two lines uh, along each other in parallel and then you tie an overhand knot and through the loop formed by the overhand lot, uh, the overhand knot you tie another turn of overhand knot so you get an overhand knot with two turns and then you pull very useful for tying tippet on the leader very useful for um, extending leader uh, and even useful for uh, if you want to tie a knotted leader if you want to uh, extend your leader it's a it's a very very easy and very very durable knot to tie uh, usually I would use a barrel knot for the uh, if I wanted to tie together two um, two pieces of leader that would be uh, also be referred to as the blot knot the blot knot is somewhat more difficult to tie even though it's not that difficult it is uh, it is uh, still a more complex knot and it takes a bit of skill to learn but the advantage of that knot compared to the surgeon's knot is that it's a lot smoother uh, the lines uh, the two um, standing ends of the uh, line will go very very nicely in a straight line and um, and they will uh, also be uh, this, the knot itself will be quite smooth with the, which is not the case with the uh, with the surgeon's knot so so you uh, you actually need in essence those two the uh, the blood knot to uh, tie together pieces of uh, of leader and uh, to make very very smooth uh, transitions between two uh, pieces of line and the surgeon's knot to uh, to tie the tippet on the leader you can um, if you want to tie your uh, leader on your fly line as compared to looping it you also want to be able to tie a nail nut which is also very very easy it's um, it's it's it may seem a bit on the complex side if you look on a drawing but I can tell you it's a nut if you tie the one that we call the nail nailless nail nut you can tie it on uh, the, the fly line with with no tools and uh, and uh, I I've, I've actually tied on uh, leaders to the fly line with um, just using uh, whatever I had my teeth to uh, to cut the line and uh, and the um, and just uh, used my my hands and nothing else you don't need any tools or anything you can get some pretty neat tools that can tie these uh, these uh, these knots in a, in a very easy way but you don't need it it's not necessary it's convenient but not necessary so uh, in case you want to do that in case you want to learn a third knot that might be the one that you want to learn there are a ton of knots and you can also decide that you want to learn to tie the turl knot and the orvis knot and the trilene knot and what have you and every knot has its its benefits and its uh, its bad sides, and every knot has its uh, 
difficulties and uh, some are easy and some are durable some are not that durable but uh, whatever so uh, <clears throat> but honestly I prefer using just as few as I can and learning as few as I can but then be able to tie them in blind and dark and with no tools I also use the circuits not to tie on my flies actually on the on the tip it, it's uh, it's uh, I, I make what what I refer to as a surgeon's loop, which is just a loop knot. I pass the um, I pass the, the the tippet through the uh, the the eye of the fly and uh, and then just tie on the uh, on the on the double line. I pass the, the tag end back along the standing line and then just tie. Uh, a surgeon's uh, knot on the on the double line, and uh, pass the fly through the uh, the eye that that is formed by the loop, and uh, that actually works quite nice. Uh, even with bigger flies, as soon as you've uh, you've learned it, you can actually uh, work the the knot all the way down to the fly. What you get there is, of course, you get the fly to hang loose in a loop, which is something that I personally prefer. But well. Your mileage may vary. Some people prefer a, a, a firm connection between uh, fly and and line, and some people prefer a loop. I personally prefer a loop, even for bigger flies. So um, you could use the Orvis knot, the Duncan loop. You could use a lot of different um, knots for the trilene. Uh, there are lots of uh, of knots that you can uh, that you can use for um, for attaching your your fly to the tippet. But as I said, my personal preference is to have as few and as trust trustworthy uh, knots in my um, in my knot vocabulary as I can, and just be able to master them and and really use them. So um, and you will find some hopefully useful drawings of these knots on the. Uh, on the website here, uh, you could also. I've actually also uh, considered doing some uh, some videos of uh, the knot tying uh, sequence, uh, so that you could you could see each um, each knot in detail. But uh, I don't really know whether whether that will become reality or not. Um, it takes a lot of time to do videos and. Uh, well, I'll probably just find them everywhere on the web, copied back and forward, so uh, I might not spend my time on that. So I'm not going to talk very much longer today. It's going to be a short, short podcast. Actually, I'm I'm pretty angry because of the uh, of the the fact that I've seen quite a few copies of, uh, of our content lately, uh, which actually, um, well, it pisses me off too, if you will pardon my French. Um, it's, um, it's really annoying to see other people piggybacking on your, on your stuff and just using your work uh, to uh, promote their own businesses, their own websites, their own, uh, um, yeah their activities when uh, in fact 
the rest of us are trying to produce as much original content as possible and uh, really trying to uh, produce some uh, some quality stuff that uh, that you can uh, you can uh, visit and and use for your uh, for your joy and entertainment but um, well we we're trying in in different ways to protect ourselves and uh, to uh, to avoid that happening in a, in a technical sense but honestly it shouldn't be necessary uh, to do all kinds of technical uh, voodoo to, uh, to to protect your stuff uh, it should be common sense and good ethics that you you don't uh, you don't just copy from the from from other websites but unfortunately it happens anyway I think that that's going to be the sweet and short podcast of the day. Not too much talk. I'll fish on here and see what happens. Um, I can see some pretty attractive rocks right out in front of me. I may want to step out there. I was out there earlier this day, but uh, unfortunately that cost me um, a pair of wet trousers because uh, the water seeped up onto my jacket and over the edge of my uh, of my waders, which sometimes happens when you wade a bit deep. It's not a big deal. I wasn't exactly wet, but I'm pretty damp on my uh, on my t-shirt and my uh, and my trousers now. But uh, well, no problem there. I might try it again. It's um, the water's fallen a bit, and it might have helped. So, from um, the Danish coast, waist deep. It's uh, Martin Jorgensen saying, have a nice day, remember to go fishing, and uh, remember not to steal stuff off the web from other people's site. If you want to use something, ask them first, huh? Please. Bye-bye.